This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, you sick, twisted freak. Welcome to the program. Well, there's, uh, I don't know, nothing really big going on. I mean, other than maybe for the first time in American history, a president might be taken away in handcuffs. Uh, uh, you know, that and the banking thing. Oh, and China's meeting with Russia. Oh, oh yeah. And Saudi Arabia and Iran are suddenly friends with each other and not friends with us or Israel. So, but other than that, you know, what else is going on? <sighs> Practically nothing. All right. Let me tell you about our, uh, our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Right now, mortgage rates might not be as high as you think. Uh, they've been coming down and uh, God help us if they raise these interest rates again. Jeez. Um, it's uh, it's much lower than the average credit card rate, which is going to continue to go on, uh, go up. The average is 20, 21 percent for a credit card for your mortgage. It's around six. May I suggest that uh, you you get rid of those credit card debt as fast as you can, because they are going to go up in interest rates and you'll never be able to get out of them. And it's better to pay six percent interest as opposed to 21% interest. Roll them into your mortgage. You could be end, uh, end up being able to delay up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. That will take a lot of pressure off you. Please call American Financing now if you're interested at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. No obligation. Call them now. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so uh, I've been very interested to hear what uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, uh, other members of the GOP, uh, people in Congress, any, any leader, what are you saying about Donald Trump? What are you saying about this district attorney coming after Donald Trump for a misdemeanor and trying to make it into a felony and possibly arresting a former president. Now, personally, I have always been for arresting of Nixon. 
uh, arresting of Hillary Clinton, not the arresting of Bill Clinton, because his was a lie. He perjured himself. He should have paid the price for perjury. I if Donald Trump would have been working with the uh, Russians, I would have said impeach him and possibly put him in jail for treason. But that didn't happen. They have a man and they're trying to find the crime. That is un-American. Hillary Clinton violated similar things by uh, having the uh, the uh, hurricane. What was it called? Uh, GPS, hurricane GPS. Her campaign funded that didn't tell the FBI nothing. They were funding that. She got nailed for it. They had to pay her campaign, had to pay uh, a fine for it. You think of Fusion GPS? Yeah, Fusion GPS. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Fusion GPS. Um, Too many it, scandals to keep them all I know, straight. I know. So she's, uh, uh, she paid a fine for it. She didn't go to jail. I think Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted for the taking of uh, sensitive documents, top secret, in her case, she had her people cut top secret off the top in a skiff, cut it off, scan them, then send them to her. Well, that's clear that you knew these weren't supposed to come out of the skiff. You instructed people to do it, but they didn't prosecute. But now because it's Donald Trump, he pays off Stormy Daniels and he doesn't pay. It's not a bribe. It was a settlement. He settled a case that happens all the time, but he did it so it wouldn't hurt his uh, chance to be elected instead of the embarrassment with his family, et cetera, et cetera. How are you going to prove that? How are you going to prove that? So I suggest today that you get on the phone with your member of the GOP, whichever and and as as many as you possibly can dial, and I mean local all the way to the top, governments are instituted among men to protect rights. They haven't pr- protected our First Amendment right. The GOP hasn't. No matter what they say, they'll they'll do lip service to this. They'll appoint a judge, but then they won't. Uh, has the GOP made anybody pay uh, pay the price for what they did to parents in Virginia, calling them terrorists? Has anybody paid the price for that? Has the GOP been on a march to make sure that was stopped? No, I'd say there's a few members of Congress that are doing a good job. They've got a hearing going on right now. But do you see anyone with the zeal that those parents deserve? Do you see anyone going up against Adam Schiff for the role he played in all of the lies about Donald Trump? See anybody going to jail for anything that anyone has done wrong? And more importantly, do you feel there's a warrior in the GOP for you? Hey, here's an idea for the press. You want to know why Donald Trump is so popular? Because they feel he understands them and is fighting for them as well as himself. That's why people like Donald Trump.
because they feel like everybody that they don't like is against him. And they're against him because he's standing in the way to get to us. That's the way most Trump supporters feel. It's the way I feel. Where is the, where are the party leaders? Where are the leaders in the Senate and the House that will stand up today passionately like Chip Roy did on this program an hour and a half ago and say, enough, enough, this has to stop. So you call every member and you say, not a dime is coming your way. I want you to stand up against the violation of our rights and the violation of Donald Trump's right. We have a banana republic. We sent you there to protect and defend the Constitution. I don't think you're doing enough. Somebody's got to stand up. This is a way for you to protest and not be set up or not be find yourself in a situation where somebody does something stupid or intentional or planned and you get blamed for it. You call them. Burn up those phone lines. You call them. Also, you know, I've been talking to you today about bracing yourself for some for some economic turmoil uh, because that is that is coming. Uh, So is the um, so is digital currency. So let me tie these two things together. Donald Trump and digital currency. Ron DeSantis just came out uh, and said he's fighting a central bank digital currency. This is probably the most important fight you could fight right now is against digital currency. And your state is about to pass something with the UCC. It's in every state and it's going to make it. So digital currency is there here. Here, let me give you one example of why central bank digital currency is so bad. Stu, do you have Bitcoin? Uh, Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Although and, I lost it in a boating accident. Right. Okay. So you have Bitcoin. Um, do you have a place? Who, where's What's your off-ramp for that? Where? How can you get your money? I mean, currently you could sell it and have uh, and spend it in for fiat currency. Or, right. And is there like a bank or an exchange or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. Is there more than one? Yeah. And can you take that Bitcoin out and put it on a hard drive and it's yours? Sure. Okay. Good. <laughs> a federal coin. You get fed up with your exchange, the Federal Reserve. Can you take your money out and put it someplace else? Can you take a Fed coin out and put it someplace else? Nope. It's a totally opposite concept. Exactly right. It doesn't. It's not yours. It's theirs. You can't pull your money out because it's not yours. It's their digital currency. There's no, comp- there's no competition. You're not taking it out. You're using it the way they want you to use it. Anyway, Ron DeSantis came out and he was talking about this. And then he was asked a question about Donald Trump. Listen. I wanted to know what your thoughts are on the rumored Trump indictment. And if you have any role in it, um, if charges are brought on him, would you have any role in extradition to New York? 
So I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The, the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. <laughs> but what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. These Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure. And in terms of um, our, 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 we are not involved in this, won't be involved in this. Uh, I have no interest in getting involved in some type of manufactured circus by some Soros DA, okay? He's trying to do a political spectacle. He's trying to virtue signal for his base. Uh, I've got real issues I got to deal with here in the state of Florida. We're obviously shutting down uh, CBDC, which is important. We've got so many things pending in front of the legislature. Uh, I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it in any way. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians, and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. Interesting. It's a skillful response, I think, to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, it is a Floridian that is being extradited. Yeah, but he's saying he won't participate in it. I know. I know. That's a big, that's, that's certainly news. The governor is not going to participate in this. Yes, it is. Does it hurt him? Help him? Is it the right thing to do? Wrong it, thing to do. I think it helps. I think it helps him certainly in the primary um, because it uh, it shows that he's not going to target his opponents because he has an opportunity to, unlike what the Soros DAs are doing, right? He, the Soros DAs have an opportunity to target people they don't like in politics and are doing choosing to do so. DeSantis is saying, I'm not. I mean, he could obviously try to make this into a more serious thing to hurt Trump in this primary, and he's not. Hey, but he also could be. He, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything a governor could do, but I think it will be perceived by many people who are for Trump or people who just think this is an injustice 
that uh, he's not doing anything. And there's sometimes you can't. Well, he and and I think what he can do is remove Soros uh, DAs in his own state. Correct. And he's done that already, uh, which is important. Uh, I think, you know, I think what's skillful about that response, I think, is look, obviously, Donald Trump is correctly making this into an issue of him being victimized by this system. Mm -hmm. Right. He is right on this. Now, Trump likes to say he's a victim all the time and he's not. Sometimes he exaggerates that tad. This is a real case where this is blatantly just political prosecution. The the, the, uh, statute of limitations on this. First of all, it's a misdemeanor. It should be. They're trying to escalate it to a felony so they can make the statute of limitations go away. Correct. Which is just, you know, ridiculous. Ridiculous. But like what he's saying there is saying, hey, this is a bigger issue than one guy. And the real victims here are people who all over the country, by the way, not just in Florida, but all over the country, voters who might maybe even lean to the left at, at times uh, are being victimized by this approach where they are taking high profile cases and going after political enemies and then letting every other murderer out of prison to go murder and rape some more. And so I think it was a smart idea to, to broaden it. Look, you know, he's not in this race yet, and he's in a weird spot here because mm-hmm. everyone acts and treats him as if he's in the race. He's certainly acting often as if he's in this race, but he's not actually in the race. So yet. he's not in that position yet where yet. he is yet where he is going to attack Donald Trump. But I think it's smart to pick and choose where you go after a guy. Oh, going I, if he just tried to escalate this wow the, the porn star thing is the biggest issue and he should be prosecuted you could see that being an approach from a political opponent that would that, be suicide be dumb. be dumb that'd be dumb you know i think he it's i think because well. it's not it's not it's not principles i mean right he got his line in about the porn star because <laughs> yes. that is <laughs> a was, principle was you know funny. i don't like the porn star thing you know and the and you, but you didn't pay hush money you settled a case that happens all the yeah, time i mean I but think, it's still you know yeah i still it's a porn <laughs> star okay so you know and look hush money is not a terrible description of what went on there Right, like yeah, as as Alan Dershowitz pointed out earlier, we would call that show. settling a case if it was Bill Clinton and Paula Jones. I wouldn't call it that. I would call it hush money. Mm-hmm. Okay, because look, the reason Donald Trump, I'm sure he's very concerned about what Melania thinks about that particular relationship. Yeah, I but think in he reality, is. ten days before an election, the reason that payment is being made is because of the election. Mm. It is not. <laughs> it is not. That is why he did it. And that's, you know, look, we've already, we had a chance to, to go over this in 2020. You got a chance to decide if that was, if you wanted to vote for him or not, based on that. Not a lot of people did. Back in just a second, you have a lot of work to do in the country. We all do. It seems like the battle is always uphill. Unfortunately, uh, it feels that way with the constant efforts to destroy America from within. But hope persists. And one of the things you can do is do business with businesses who stand for the same principles that you and I stand for. And that's Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers dependable nationwide uh, coverage on all of the three major networks. That means you'll get the best possible service wherever wherever you're at. If you're not satisfied, the coverage guarantee lets you switch to different networks for free without changing carriers. Most importantly... You're doing business with a company that supports free speech, sanctity of life. They're in the fight, actually swinging. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team will make this switching really easy. So just go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck right now, or you can call one of them right now at 878-PATRIOT. Please, 
We've got to come together. 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. Save money, get great phone service, and be with a company that's fighting for you. PatriotMobile.com slash back. 10-second station ID. Because this press conference happened just a few minutes ago, I haven't had a chance to really uh, see what he said about digital currency. Yeah, it's funny because the, the Trump thing is going to get all the, the press. Yeah. But the, the digital currency thing is much more important, specific, you know, as it comes to DeSantis's role in this. Uh, DeSantis said the state of Florida will be calling on the legislature to expressly forbid centralized bank digital currencies for use in the state's commercial code as a method of protected Floridians from economic or financial surveillance. He said, quote, as we've come to learn any way that they can get into society to exercise their agenda, they will do it. So what the central bank digital currency is about is surveilling Americans and controlling behavior of Americans. Um, he talks, goes on to talk about ESG. He says, uh, he says, DeSantis said centralized digital currency was a way to implement more control over the populace, referencing the way such systems, according to the governor, operates in China, Nigeria, and the Bahamas as examples. I don't even need to think here. What are they going to do? These ESG factors, you go and buy gasoline. If you bought too much gasoline, they won't allow you to use this. To make a transaction. Who knows whether they would let you buy a firearm or things they disapprove of. So you're opening up a can of worms and handling a central bank huge amounts of power. So really on the same line you've been talking yeah. about. Yeah, and this is going to become an issue faster than you think. Uh, if you think that the dollar is uh, stable, you are very wrong. This banking uh, collapse is in its beginning stages. It may not happen right away, but it is coming. Uh, And war is also on the horizon. We've got a few issues to deal with as a, quote, superpower. More in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Team leader, closer, expert. These are the terms that apply to people that my company, realestateagentsitrust.com, work with. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, and I'm guessing the name gives away something about these agents. I trust them. What's more important is that I believe you will trust them once you get to know them and work with these people. They are people of integrity. They're hardworking, informed people who are some of the top sellers in their industry and in your area. When it comes time to both buy or sell a house or buy and sell a house, Um, These people are going to be the people you want to work with. Most of them are fans of the program, so you don't have to worry about, is this the master bedroom? (gasps) Master bedroom, why would you even say, oh, shut up. They will also be able to uh, help you get the right price for your house, both on the selling and the buying. Reach out today. You'll see what I mean. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Just tell us where you're moving, where you're selling, and... We'll match you up with a great real estate agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Blaze will not be censored. You can save 20 bucks off your subscription right now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is will not be censored. Dave McCormick, uh would have been our uh, U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania if Pennsylvania hadn't gone insane. But uh, I digress. He's uh, with us now. He's got a new book out called Superpower in Peril. 
Um, are we still a superpower? We are, but we're going to lose it. We're on the we're on the wrong way, Glenn. Yeah, we're headed the wrong direction. Big time. I mean, yeah. when Saudi Arabia and Iran start an alliance <laughs> together, we, I right. mean, what is our brokered power? by China? Right? <laughs> is that crazy? Crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, you were um, CEO of Bridgewater Associates, which is a huge investment management firm. Uh, you also were uh, Department of Commerce, National Security Council. Uh, U.S. Treasury. Um, so you can talk about a lot of things. So uh, in the time that we have, let's first talk about how much trouble are we in with the financial sector right now? Yeah, we're in trouble. I mean, they, the, the whole premise of superpower and perils were in decline. And what's happening now economically is a good example of that. And it's easy to get focused on the bank. And I'll talk about the bank in a minute, Silicon Valley Bank. But what's happened is a direct consequence of terrible policies under Joe Biden. Yes. Excessive spending, 40% increase in discretionary spending. It's uh, $31 trillion of debt. These three hugest pieces of legislation. That's driven up inflation. Um, Fed had to raise rates, and that's created a big mismatch in our economy between liabilities and assets. Mm -hmm. And that mismatch is putting pressure on banks. Unfortunately, the Silicon Valley Bank, terribly managed, terribly managed, terrible oversight by our regulators. We don't need more regulation. We need our regulators to do their job. But unfortunately, it's the canary in the coal mine. And I think there's more bad things to come. I think the canaries are all dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could Somebody be. just nobody has noticed yet. Hey, guys, the birds aren't moving could anymore. Be. Um, could be. And, and what's happened is a response uh, to protect yeah. the uninsured depositors in Silicon Valley Bank. And what happened there, just to make it clear, is that the rich venture capital guy down the street had his deposits protected. Right. The guy who had the lawn mowing service that mowed the lawn around Silicon Valley Bank, it was a creditor, he got wiped out. So that's the consequence of this policy. It's a, it's a little bit of what the Joe Biden administration keeps doing, which is taking care of the elites at the expense of folks in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. I was talking to uh, Alan Dershowitz about an hour ago, and I said, I mean, you have to have something written down. It can't be like, yeah, you know what, Bank of Omaha, we're not going to bail you out. Right. It can't be that way. Right. 60% of all of our uh, all of our loans for commercial purposes go through local banks. Right. That is devastating. Devastating. No doubt. And what's happened, there's $8 trillion of uninsured deposits. And we've certainly, the policymakers have certainly set an expectation that those guys are going to be protected on uninsured deposits, too. And that has lots of consequences. So let me switch uh, quickly. I, I think we are on the road to war. And I mean, World War Three, destructive, all encompassing war that we haven't seen in 90 years. Do you agree with that or not? Do you mean with China? Uh, with China, Russia, it's yeah. I mean, we're on a path. We're on a path where this thing is absolutely going to be we're, we're at huge risk and weakness and our leadership is at the core of that risk. And, um, you know, the the mishandling of Afghanistan, I think, sent a, a shockwave oh. across the world. That's one of the reasons I jumped into the Senate race. It was such a disgusting thing to see America so humiliated on the global stage. The signals given to Putin with Nord Stream 2 invited Putin's aggression in. Correct. And, uh, and so we need to do two things at the same time. We need to build our muscle at home. We need to go to the gym. That's what the book Superpower and Parallel is about. We need to educate our people. We need to confront China. We need to secure, secure the country. But we also need to project that strength abroad in a way that makes complete sense and is in America's interest. And that's why we need to take on China in a very smart and thoughtful way to stop any aggressive behavior. 
So we are becoming, however, so weak, and they know it. I mean, 2008, everybody said I was crazy. I said, there's going to come a time where you'll have communists, you'll have uh, revolutionaries that are anarchists, you'll have Islamists, you'll have all these people who are against us all work together to drop us to the mat. And not that they're coordinating. They just see now they are weak. We can help push them over. Well, absolutely. And that's what I mean, two meetings in the last two weeks. So the orchestration of Iran, Saudi Arabia with China in the middle. And now. But that's a vacuum. Yes. That's a vacuum. Yes. There was a vacuum. If you're Saudi Arabia and you've been a longstanding ally of the United States and you see what's happened over the last two years, you say, listen, I need to look elsewhere. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And with uh, Xi's engagement with Putin to try to uh, on the side of Putin to try to negotiate peace in Ukraine. That's another example of a belief that American leadership is weak. And this is China. China has a plan for global domination. The question is, what's our plan? And that's the book. That's the book. (laughs) Because there there doesn't seem to be a plan. In in your book, you you talk about bringing credibility back to our institutions and cleaning them up. How how do you even do that? Our kinds our it is so infested with corruption. And I mean from all sides. Yeah. How are you going to clean this up? How do you clean up the State Department, let alone the state and uh, Department of Interior and EPA and uh, I mean, you know, it, 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 I'm not. Pentagon. I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to minimize it. The first thing we got to do is we got to we got to win elections. <laughs> we got to get our leaders in place. Leaders at the top drive change, whether it's in corporate America or whether it's in the country. Leaders at the top drive change, and so. If I was Secretary of Defense or Secretary of Commerce or Secretary of Treasury, it starts with the top of bringing clarity to mission and driving out a whole progressive ideology that's deeply embedded uh, in our institutions. So we need to win elections and we need to have good ideas and we need to have great leaders who can win elections. And that's the key. And I, I don't, I don't want to be overly optimistic, but let me say the following. I remember 1979. Uh, stagflation. America was weak on the world stage. It, was, it felt over. Humiliation. 80% of Americans, Glenn, thought the country was heading in the wrong direction. It felt a lot like now. Yeah. I was 15 at the time, right? Uh, about same age. Yes, you were same age. So now, four years later, I'm at West Point, walking down those beautiful walkways, those beautiful mountains. America was back. Inflation was in check. The economy was on fire. We were building back our defense. We won the Cold War. Six years later. Now, Ronald Reagan's solutions from then aren't our solutions for now. Correct. But leadership is the answer. Leadership is the key. We got to get the right people in the right spots and we can drive change. Do you see, I mean, I'm not asking you to endorse anybody. Do you see leadership either announced or unannounced yet? It's too early to tell, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the conversation that will take place in our primary will be mostly about the future. Yes. And when I say that, that doesn't mean we didn't need, don't need to call balls and strikes on the terrible things we're seeing. But w- I'm convinced from my time on the campaign trail, we need to spend our time talking about how to bring back America and the people of Pennsylvania. And I think the people of the country want to hear I that. I think that's what Ronald Reagan, why he was successful. That's right. He talked about, look, this isn't that hard. Yeah. It's not. And, and it really isn't. It, if, if you have leadership dedicated, I'm so pissed off at the Republicans. I can, I can barely see straight. Yeah. The, the, their job is to protect and defend the constitution. And it is violated in a hundred different ways every day, it seems. And nobody seems in Washington, very few seem to have the fire 
um, within them to say enough is enough and call out their own party right. if need be because you're playing the game. Right. Somebody's got to stand up. We, we, I don't think we can win the game. We don't want to win the game. We want to save the country. Yes. And saving the country requires us to to stand on principle. I was just earlier this week, I went to the Reagan Library. I did a thing there. Andrew Jackson is on the wall in Reagan's office, just like it was in uh, President Trump's office when he was president. Why is that? Because Reagan brought together the coalition of the working class Americans that are getting left behind. And that was the big takeaway on the campaign. Mm. People are so pissed off. And they have every reason to be because because yeah. the last 20 years has been terrible right. for a, a huge chunk of America. We need to bring those people into the fold. The only way to do that is with solutions that that fix what's wrong with the country. And you have a very um, well laid out battle plan to renew America, superpower and peril. These are the kind of books that you need to read now because we need to be pushing up to the GOP. We want a straight. I tell you, the left by this time. They are absolutely strategizing on if they retain power, what they do next. Yeah. We're not doing that. Right. We're not doing that. And, and we have to. And what they're planning is going gonna, is gonna to destroy the country. Oh. So the stakes could, could not be higher. Right. Um, the name of the book is Superpower in Peril, Battle Plan to Renew America. Well, one last thing. What are your thoughts on what the, what's happening with the New York uh, – District attorney. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm just hearing as you are, but I think anytime our justice system seems like it's being highly politicized against anyone, including a former president, I think it, uh, it further erodes our trust in institutions. And that's, that's what I'm worried about. It's crazy. Just crazy. I, I, somebody, I wish we were more like hungry on one issue, ban George Soros's influence. His influence is, has dark purposes behind it almost every time. Uh, and uh, at least I think there are three countries that they were like, hey, you know, he collapsed us. Maybe we shouldn't allow him to have influence here anymore. But that's just me. Thank you so much for Thanks everything. for having me. It's a superpower in peril, a battle plan to renew America by David McCormick. Back in a minute. All right. Uh, if you're not seriously considering um, land, food, uh gold you're you're really not paying attention um the central bank is looking to uh get rid of the u.s dollar when it's time and bring us into a central bank digital currency it'll be the end of freedom i'm not overstating that it'll be the end of freedom they will control everything um you have to be able to prepare yourself for any eventuality if you have uh, retirement funds, would you just spread it out? You know, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have uh, your stocks should be so wide and so thin that no nothing can really take you out at once. But you should also have some gold or silver. This week, Goldline is offering a special on their five dollar gold Indian and five dollar gold Liberty coins. Every roll or box of 20 of each item, the client's going to receive uh, 100 of the one-ounce copper Mayflower rounds at no charge. Just call Goldline today. Just, I'm not telling you to do anything. Don't take my financial advice. I want you just to find out if it's right for you and your family. 
Be informed. Get the information. Do it today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. John McWhorter, who is uh, like nobody on the left likes him, um, but he's not he's he's not a conservative either. Is no, he? I wouldn't say he's like yeah. a big conservative guy. He's just, you know, he's he says things that are sane. So the left hates him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was um, uh, he was on Bill Maher and uh, he explained the difference between equity and equality. Listen to this. What is the difference between equity and equality, in your view? Oh, the, the difference is a truly sneaky, terrible thing. <laughs> equity <laughs> okay. Equity is this, this wormy word. The idea is that you're going to have equality by forcing the issue, by bringing people into positions that they're not qualified for yet so that everything looks, quote unquote, like America. So it sounds like equality and you say equity and you figure it's the same thing, but it's a euphemism. They're, they're trying to slip in without letting you know that it's going to be equality accomplished in a way that you probably wouldn't like. It's like if you say to somebody, well, before I let you go, and you say that to them, and they didn't say that they wanted to be like Really, you just want to get rid of them. Or if you talk about diversity, well, imagine talking to Franklin D. Roosevelt about diversity. When we say diversity, what we mean is changing standards for various reasons for black and Latino and sometimes Native American people. That's what diversity means. You just don't want to say it. Equity means that you force equality and you kind of weasel your way through it and so it's like you take the word equality and you kind of knock the al out of it it's like bam bam it's like bam bam and you knock it out and you've got equity and the people who do this so, think that that's the right thing because they are on the side of the angels and right. they have to have this fake <laughs> equality and what it means it what it means is this this dei it's not an accident that DEI is the first three letters of, of deity. These people think of themselves as gods. <laughs> None of this is an accident. So that's what equity means, whether Bernie Sanders knows it or not. It's a weasel <laughs> word. Notice he wasn't laughing. Bill Maher laughed. Yeah. The audience didn't laugh. He wasn't laughing when he said deity. I, I think he was serious. Oh, yeah. You know, and he is a he's a linguist like that. Yeah. This is his line of work where he re- yeah. he really focuses on what these words mean. And the equality equity one is one that I think slips by a lot of people unless you're sitting you know, here and thinking about it all the time. Equity sounds totally fine. Right. Like what's wrong with equity? But well, what was wrong you know, with equality? Right. What was wrong with equality? <laughs> and again, it's that we we had this battle long ago where we made people say, no, we want equality of opportunity, not a, a equality of outcome. And when they lost that battle, because that's what people actually want. They want equality of opportunity. They do not want equality of outcome. They don't want it. They want equality of opportunity. And so this is a way of changing that debate and, and hiding it so that people say, oh, equity. Well, equity, that's what it is. It is equality of outcome. outcome. And they lot when you say it out loud, they lose. So they come up with words like this to 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 hide it. 
And, you know, I think it's successful with a lot of people. It is. And that's why they try also to destroy the word um, uh, merit. Yeah. Merit is a code word. Code word for what? Merit is anyone who can stand up and, you know, do something better than somebody else. And that doesn't mean that you push other people down. Just means content of character, content of work, work ethic. I'd rather hire somebody with a great work ethic ethic, than somebody necessarily with, you know, a poor work ethic and greater skills. I don't know. I think the guy with a great work ethic might end up paying off because of merit. Merit. Uh, anyway, we will see you tomorrow. Have a safe and happy day. Now, go take on the world. The Glenn Beck Program.